0: World around. Evidence and Answers. Isn't the Bible simply a human book created by human authors? Hasn't history and science proven the Bible to be a collection of myths and legends? Can I really take the Bible stories literally? And how does it compare with other religious texts? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukren. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today, we'll be listening to a message that was taken from our 2020 Evian Youth Apologetics Conference. Annually, Pat brings in guest speakers from all over to teach and equip the youth of today. Now, here's our host, Pat Zucran, as he presents the case for the divine inspiration and authority of the Bible.
1: Well, we're really excited that you're here. Man, thank you for being here. you got people all over the world, part of the Evidence and Answers Network, praying for us and our time this morning. We're going to cover a lot of material this weekend. We don't expect you to get it all, all right? But we want to expose you to the compelling and powerful evidence there is for faith in Jesus Christ, in that our faith is not just a blind leap in the dark. There is compelling evidence evidence for how we know Christianity is true, and it's got the best answers to the issues that you're going to face out there. And there is a powerful enemy out there that seeks to destroy your faith in Christ. We know statistics are showing us 80% of those who proclaim Christ in high school, 80% abandon their faith after four years of college. And that's one of the reasons why we're here. The number one reason is because their faith is completely dismantled once they get to high school and college because they're not prepared for the challenges that they're going to face out there. And for too long now, we've been sending our high schoolers into the intellectual battlefield with a pea shooter, and they're going up against high-tech weaponry, intellectual battle tanks and heavy artillery, and they are not prepared all right so we're going to cover a lot of material we don't expect you to get it all but everything we're going over is on our website here at evidenceandanswers.org it's our radio show website we've got interviews with top scholars from all over the world in bible in the world religions in science and the things that clint talked about last night all right great resource for you there you can listen to our interviews articles written by these great scholars, debates I've had with some of the most popular atheists that are out there, all right? And everything we're covering in this seminar is going to be on our radio show and on our website in about a month or so. Well, you know, I was in high school, and I went to an Episcopal high school. We thought it was a Christian school. And, you know, growing up at the Episcopal school, I went there from elementary school all the way to high school, one of the top high schools here in Hawaii, and I always thought the Bible was just a bunch of fairy tales. You know, it was just a bunch of legends. You know, there's no parting of the Red Sea, and oh, all that's just simply fairy tales that were handed down by tradition. All right, till finally someone decided to write it down, filled with just legends and exaggerations. And we thought the Bible was just a bunch of funny stories. You know, we never took it seriously. That's what the priests taught us. Well. When I was 17 years old, my friend on the baseball team, he was the third baseman, I was the shortstop, he kidnapped me and got me to church, and I heard the message of the gospel for the first time, that the God of the universe loved me. Hey, there is a God who created the universe. He loved me. He wanted a personal relationship with me, and he had a calling and a mission in my life to find and fulfill, and I thought, wow, that's the greatest message I had ever heard. Well, the next day... I went to the school priest and i shared my story and he just kind of laughed and he said well well any religion is fine if you want to believe one you know take your choice but no religion is better than the other and i took bible class because we're all required to take bible class at episcopal school and we learned there's nothing special about the bible it's just a human book filled with myths and legends there's nothing historical in there There are naturalistic explanations. There's no crossing of the Red Sea. They simply crossed the lake at low tide when it was only two feet deep, okay, the Sea of Reeds. Jesus never fed 5,000, you know. What happened was Jesus shared his lunch with people, and everybody saw Jesus sharing his lunch, and they said, wow, look at that. And they all opened up their lunch boxes and began sharing with others. No miraculous healing. It was all naturalistic explanations for these all right the bible wasn't written until hundreds of years after jesus and so as people pass down the traditions orally they get exaggerated and and all these stories jesus turning to water to wine they're borrowed from greek mythology and i thought the case against the bible just seemed overwhelming you know this is the most attacked book you're gonna find all right, because the devil knows if he can destroy the foundation of our faith, God's word, then really we have nothing else to stand on. And I was running around the church going, man, look at all these arguments here. There's Greek in the book of Daniel. If Daniel was supposed to be written during the Babylonian period, how come there's Greek words in there? The Greek empire doesn't come till centuries later. You know. And, no, and nobody had an answer for me. And I began to really wonder, is this really the unique, divinely inspired Word of God. There's many books out there that claim to be the divinely inspired Word of God. The Muslims right, have the Quran, which they claim is the one and only divinely inspired Word of God. The Hindus have the Bhagavad Gita, and the Buddhists have the Pali Canon. Many books out there claim to be divinely inspired. How do we know that the Bible alone is the uniquely inspired Word of God. Well, that's where I had to begin my search. And I said, well, the evidence is pretty powerful that God exists. And as Clint talked last night, truth is rooted in God himself. And if this is the Word of God, then this is indeed God's truth communicated to us. Is there evidence that this is the divinely inspired Word of God? Well, One principle to remember, God confirms his message and messengers with miracles. And the Bible is unique of all the books in the world. Hey, you're going to have to put it on a shelf all by itself because it's really unique. There's no other book like it. And as I began my investigation in this arena we call Christian apologetics, I found some compelling evidence that this book is the unique, one and only divinely inspired word of God. The Bible is the only book with miraculous confirmation to uphold its claim that it is indeed the divinely inspired Word of God. First, Jesus, the Son of God, affirms the divine inspiration of the Bible. Jesus confirmed his claims uniquely, the only one ever to do so, through his miraculous, sinless life, death, and resurrection, for evidence For the unique, miraculous life of Christ, you're going to have to listen to last year's message where we demonstrated the unique life of Christ and the resurrection as a historical event. I've debated this. My friends who are far smarter than me have debated this all over the world. No one's ever defeated the arguments for the resurrection of Christ, okay? So Jesus Christ claimed to be the one and only divine Son of God, confirmed his claim to his miraculous, sinless life, death, and resurrection, Jesus, because he's God in the flesh, what he teaches is indeed true. Jesus affirmed the authority of the Old and the New Testament. And many of the stories that critics criticized as mythology, Jesus affirmed as true and historical. Adam and Eve, Noah and the Ark, Jonah and Whale, Sodom and Gomorrah. By the way, I'm in another doctoral program. We have found the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? It's at a place called Tel Hamam, all right? northwest corner of the Dead Sea, all right? So look it up on the internet. It has been critiqued by Middle East Archaeological Society, okay? And those are made of guys that don't believe in the Bible as well, and we're pretty sure this is Sodom and Gomorrah. So many of the stories that the critics Criticized as legendary, Jesus affirmed as historical. Next, we have something called the unity of the Bible. The Bible is consistent and unified from Genesis to Revelation, and it does not contradict itself. It's got one consistent story from beginning to end. It covers numerous deep theological ethical issues, philosophical issues, and it does not contradict itself. Hey, what's so amazing about that, you might ask? Well, you have such a great diversity, but an incredible unity. Hey, there's no book with such diversity that has such a unified theme, and it does not contradict itself on numerous deep theological, philosophical, ethical, and current issues. Right? The Bible is written by over 40 different authors, written on three different continents, written under various different circumstances in times of war, times of peace, under oppression, under the golden age of the Israelite empire, written over a 1500-year period. Hey, now you put all that together and you got something that's quite remarkable. There is a consistency of theme All right, the glory of God and the salvation of mankind, consistency in theology, deep theological issues, the nature of God, the nature of man, the origin of the universe, how the universe came to be. When does life begin? Numerous deep theological issues, controversial issues, and the Bible does not contradict itself. With such diversity, you have incredible unity. All right, let me give you an example. Let's take 10 medical students who graduate from the same medical school in the same year. Let's have them write on four controversial topics okay? euthanasia, abortion, homosexuality, and the transgender issue. Would they agree with each other on every point? No way. No way. You'd be very lucky if they did. All right? Yet in the Bible, you have over 40 different authors over a 1,500-year period, over writing on three continents under various circumstances. And there is an amazing unity covering all kinds of deep theological, philosophical, ethical issues, and they don't contradict one another. It's truly amazing. It, it's like there was one grand mind guiding all of these authors, so they wrote a unified, coherent book from beginning beginning to the end. And we know who that was. God, the Holy Spirit. You guys go see Star Wars. Hmm? You know, that was over a 30 year period. That epic. It's over 30 years. I was just, I think in junior high, when the first Star Wars came and we waited four hours in line to see that. All right. But you know, it's amazing how all these things fell into place. How one story complements the other. You have prophecies in there that are fulfilled in the next movie. And then, Other events, you didn't know there were prophecies, but then they're fulfilled in the next one. And you see how this character ties in with this character. There's an amazing unity over a 30-year period. Why? There's one mastermind behind that whole series, George Lucas. You've got the Bible. Over 1,500 years, 40 different authors, three different continents, with an amazing, amazing unity. Why? Because there's the eternal God, the Holy Spirit, guiding each of these authors. Next, we have the indestructibility of the Bible. There's no book that has been more attacked than the Bible. It's been attacked by archaeologists, by philosophers, by computer science, archaeology, historians. It has been scrutinized, torn apart, and attacked. And the Bible continues to prove itself to be true over and over and over again. No book has been so attacked like the Bible, yet it has been indestructible. Just as Jesus prophesied, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will endure forever. Atheists like Voltaire and Karl Marx, father of communism, said one day the Bible will end up on the trash heap of humanity. All right, it'll be seen as an irrelevant book of mythology and legends. Well, the books of Marx and Voltaire and everything have not even come close to the power of the Bible, and it still remains the authority. The fact that it has been unshaken, undaunted, for over two thousand years tells you there's something special there. Okay. When I was in high school and college, we we had to read a book, "66 Errors in the Bible," uh, written by the French Institute of Science. All right, and showed all the errors in the Bible and why it cannot possibly be divinely inspired. Well, guess what? Through archaeological research and historical study, each one of those have been answered. And guess what? You cannot find that book anymore, okay, on bookshelves. It's gone, all right? But the Bible remains to be true. My mentor, Dr. Norman Geisler, talks about how the Bible has been attacked, most attacked book today. And as you continue to study, and I remember I went to a Christian university, all right, And there I learned also that the Bible was not the divinely inspired word of God, that Paul borrowed all his ideas from Greek mythology, that the early books of the Bible are simply borrowed from pagan mythology as well. The ideas all come from pagan sources that the Bible just borrowed and, you know, re-edited to fit and give the nation of Israel some kind of fictional history all right? And I saw my classmates, their faith one by one being dismantled by the professors. And then in the summer, I'd go to our Catholic university here to take classes. And I remember in class, you know, if you believed in the Bible, I was thinking history class, if you believed in the Bible, you were like stupid. You know, you're treated like an idiot. You actually believe this thing. You know, it's one of the most attacked books you will find. Yet, Although it has been attacked, it has stood its ground for over 2,000 years. No book has been able to stand this kind of scrutiny and stand its ground. That tells you there's something special, something unique about this book. Then we have the wonderful world of prophecy. All right? Only an eternal God can see the future perfectly with 100% accuracy. And in the Bible, there are hundreds of of events, people, places that are predicted hundreds of years before they take place, and indeed it comes true. Often the Bible gives you a lot of detail about events that are going to happen in the future, and they end up coming to pass. And in the Bible, prophecy has to be 100% accurate, all right? And only a God who's outside of time and space, an eternal God, can see the future with 100% accuracy. Now, if I told you in 2020, a Republican's going to win the presidency, are you guys impressed? No, I got a 50-50 chance, right? But what if I told you, okay, in 2040, I told you the exact name of the guy who's going to win the presidency, what state he is coming from, how he's going to win, how much he's going to win by, what his message is going to be. You guys impressed? Yeah, because the more detail I give, the more likely I could be wrong. And how would I know such detail so far in advance? That's what we have in the Bible. The legacy of prophecy in the Bible, there's no other book like it. No other book that has the legacy of prophecy like the Bible. How many prophecies predicting future events are there in the Quran? Zero. Zero. How many in the works of Confucius? Zero. How many in Hindu scriptures? Zero. In the Bible, there are over 700 predicted events that have taken place, and they're predicted with great accuracy. Now, we could spend all afternoon here going over the prophecies, but we'll just go over a few, okay? And you can study the Word of God and find these prophecies on your... It's really exciting stuff to study. In the book of Isaiah, over 100 years before he's even born... It names Cyrus the Mede, the king of Persia. And exactly what's he going to do? He's going to destroy the Babylonian Empire. He's going to set the Jews free without any ransom, allow them to return home to Jerusalem. All these events that he does are predicted over a 100 years before he's ever born. Daniel writes about the four coming empires hundreds of years before they take place. Truly a remarkable, remarkable book. In fact, Daniel chapter 9 is the famous prophecy of the 77s where he predicts the exact day the Messiah rides into Jerusalem and the Messiah is crucified and then resurrected. He predicts the exact day. Figure out the math on that. Calculate it. I've done it for you there. He predicts the exact day of the arrival and the crucifixion of the Messiah in Jerusalem. Truly a remarkable prophecy. Here's one from Jeremiah 31. The fact that the nation of Israel remains to this day is fulfillment of Bible prophecy. The fact that they are back in the land of Israel is truly a miracle. If you study the history, they were exiled from Israel for nearly 2,000 years. And then right after World War II, 1948, they miraculously became a nation again. Just the fact that they are around is fulfillment of Bible prophecy. The Bible prophecy here says, until the sun, moon, and and stars stop shining and the waves roar on the sea, the nation of Israel will be around. In other words, they're going to be around until the end of the age. All right? Now, if you told that to the Roman Empire that destroyed the nation of Israel, destroyed Jerusalem, and sent the people into exile for nearly 2,000 years, the Romans would have laughed. But Rome is gone, and Israel remains. If you told that to the Babylonians, okay, one of the greatest empires of the world that conquered the entire Middle East all right, and destroyed Jerusalem and sent the people into exile into Babylon, if you said Babylon's one day going to be gone, but that tiny nation of Israel shall remain. They would have laughed. Babylon's gone. They're in the sands of time. Israel remains. I was at the University of Hawaii speaking, and a Jewish girl came up to me after the talk, and she said, you know, I don't believe a word you said. I said, why not? She goes, I'm Jewish, and I'm an atheist. Therefore, it shows the Bible's not real. I said, well, why does that prove anything? And she said, "Well, if anyone should believe in the Bible, it should be me. I grew up memorizing a lot of the Psalms. I'm Jewish. You know, the Bible's book of my people. And I don't believe it, so therefore, it can't be true." I said, "Are you sure you're Jewish?" She said, "Yeah, of course I am. My last name's Cohen. The priestly. Line. Look at it." Yeah. I said, "You sure?" She goes, "Yeah." I said, "Your fulfillment of Bible prophecy." She was completely stunned. She said, "What do you mean?" I said, "The fact that your people, your nation, are around." Is fulfillment of Bible prophecy. I showed her this passage, and she had never seen it before. She was totally surprised. That tiny nation of Israel, why is it in the headlines all the time? Huh? Just a tiny little nation in the Middle East. Oh, there's biblical, historical significance in God's plan to redeem the world. If you go to Israel today, this is the eastern gate. The eastern gate over there, Ezekiel chapter 44 says that the eastern gate shall remain shut until the return of Christ. And there's the eastern gate. And what do you see? It's shut. It is sealed shut by the Suleiman the Great, the Muslim ruler who came and shut the eastern gate. So when you go to Israel today, this is, you know, a picture I took. If you go to Israel today, that's what you're going to see. The eastern gate, it's shut. Living testimony to the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. By the way, those white stones over there, what is that, you know? Any guesses? It's a graveyard. It's a Muslim graveyard. Why did the Muslims put a graveyard in front of the Eastern Gate? What's well, it's to block the Messiah from coming in to Jerusalem. There are over 100 prophecies made of Christ hundreds of years before he set foot upon the earth. The Encyclopedia of Biblical Prophecies is a great resource for you there, and Christ fulfilled each one. It's truly amazing where he would be born, who his ancestors would be, how he would die, what kind of ministry he would have, that he would be betrayed by a friend for exactly 30 pieces of silver. Truly amazing. How many prophecies are there of the coming of the prophet Muhammad? Zero. The coming of Confucius or Buddha? Zero. You have over a hundred of Christ that he fulfilled. No book has a legacy of prophecy like the Bible. No book comes even close. None. Now, when I'm on the university campuses, people say, Nostradamus, Nostradamus, he predicted the Twin Towers, he predicted Hitler, he predicted all this. He didn't predict anything. Read his stuff. There you go. This is the prophecy of Adolf Hitler, the coming of Adolf Hitler. Read that one. Where do you find Hitler? Anybody? Hitler? Adolf Hitler. Huh? Pretty hard to find, huh? It's the word Easter there, okay, because they say it sounds like Hitler. But if you read this in its context, it's not talking about Adolf Hitler at all. It's talking about the river, Ister, which is the lower Danube, okay? Even Nostradamus scholars, like Ray Comfort here, says that, all
0: right? We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence & Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website, Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll also find that we have a wide variety of resources available to you, everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran.